Hello, dear friends. I hope that you recognize that theme song. If you do, then you are a return listener to Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. I am Pastor Evangelist Robert A. Venable, and I'm so glad to be able to bring you some good news in a bad news world. We have a great subject today. I'm kind of chomping at the bits. I can't wait to get into this message because I believe that someone, somewhere, that is in our listening audience is going to take a hold of God's Word and take a hold of the faith that comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of the Lord. Hallelujah. And God is going to take hold of you and your situation today. Praise the Lord. The Bible said the Lord's hand is not short that it cannot reach and save, and His ear is not heavy that it cannot hear. But our sin have separated us between us and our God. And when that sin issue is settled, when we come to confess our sins, repent of our sins, and receive Christ's forgiveness as our Savior, then then we have access to God in a way that I believe most of us don't fully realize and understand. And we need this God-given victory today, this true victory, which is our subject matter in our teaching today. And we want you to stay tuned, and we invite you, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, don't turn the dial. Stay tuned to this broadcast today. You can have victory in your life today. God's power, God's presence, God's love, grace, and mercy can flow to you in full forgiveness and pardon before this broadcast is over. And the moment that you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are highly qualified to win every single battle with the enemy of your soul and with your own weaknesses and your own habits and your own own circumstantial problems that, that weigh you down until you feel like you're in a prison held by chains that cannot be broken. I declare to you in the name of Jesus that every chain can and will be broken because the Scripture declares clearly whoever the Son sets free, and believe me, He'll set you free, is free indeed. It's the real deal. Praise God. It is not some kind of false religious uh, uh, idea that doesn't have behind it the resources of God's Holy Spirit. So we want you to stay tuned today as we discuss true victory. And we're going to begin with 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 and 58. And it reads like this. Listen carefully. Thanks be unto God, which gives us the victory in Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I want to back up to verse 57 just for a moment. Thanks be unto God, which gives us the victory in Jesus Christ. This is a God-given victory. We overcome, we get the victory because God 
gives the victory. We don't get the victory because we suddenly become such victors in and of ourselves. We win. We overcome the opponent. We overcome the circumstance. We obtain victory because victory is granted because of God's grace, God's mercy, God's wisdom, God's help. Amen. So we're always looking for victory with this understanding of victory, total dependence on God, and humble obedience to God. I want to say that again. True victory comes in total dependence on God and humble obedience to God. And we want to read this from Second Chronicles today again, going back to the Old Covenant and see how this works in a, in a circumstance that only God could deliver from. Jehoshaphat's victory came from the same as Joshua, who we studied last week. To this week, once again, Jehoshaphat, uh, we're going to talk about what he did in his faith experience and faith life to see the great victory that God granted to him. And we're going to find that same fundamental foundational truth emerging, total dependence and humble obedience, total dependence and humble obedience. And there's a lot of scripture to read today. Just before we begin reading, while you're turning to Second Chronicles chapter 20, beginning with verse 1. I would like to invite you to come to our website if you would like to. Just type in Pastor Robert Venable, V is in Victor, E-N-A-B-L-E, Pastor Robert Venable. It will take you to the Holy Church of God Incorporated right here in Tampa, Florida, where this broadcast originates, where I've been the senior pastor for working toward our, our, our 43rd year now. We have just celebrated 42 years of pastoral ministry here in the city of Tampa. And now we've added the evangelist hat to all of this because through the media and through invitations to come and speak when I receive them, uh, we are doing the work of an evangelist as well. So I'm wearing two hats today. I am a pastor with a pastor's heart. I'm an evangelist with a vision for souls and true revival in, in every single Christian gathering. Hallelujah. Praise God. So that's why true victory is such an important topic that we're discussing today. I want to say it again. Uh, His faith, both Joshua and Jehoshaphat, was expressed in total dependence and humble obedience. Look for that theme to continually emerge as we go from the Old Testament to the New Testament in just a few moments. And let's look right now, though, at Second Chronicles 20, and let's read about the problem and how God solved it and how faith was expressed in Jehoshaphat. Hallelujah. And it came to pass, after this also, that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon And with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side of Syria. And behold, they be in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Engedi. 
And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord, even out of all the cities of Judah, and they came to seek the Lord. They gathered together to ask help of the Lord. Now I want to stop here just for a moment and talk about the fact that their focus of their faith, their focused faith, was on God and God alone. Herein is that total dependence on God. Friend of mine, there's something today that I not want to get into just controversy. I just want to declare something rather than debate it here today from the Word of God. And what I'm declaring is this, that you need faith in God, not faith in your faith. You need to be confident that your faith in God is going to bring the desired result, but not because of you have faith in a force within you, but faith in a Father above you, and a Father that is truly within you as well. Praise God. It's faith in the Father, not faith in the force. Hallelujah. Amen. So I just want to qualify that before we read any further. They gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. And verse 5 says, And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem, and in the house of the Lord before the new court, and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, art thou not God in heaven, and rulest thou not over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee. You see this, this once again, this total dependence on God. Ephesians 6 and verse 10 says, Be strong in the Lord, not in yourself, but be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. The focus is not on your strength, but on His. The focus is on His power and not the power of your faith, so that when the victory comes, God doesn't get some of the glory. God doesn't get even most of the glory. God gets all of the glory. Hallelujah. Amen. He's designed faith to work in such a way that He gets the glory when the answer comes. He gets the glory when the divine intervention takes place. So that's what Jehoshaphat is saying, in thine hand, in thine hand is the power, in thine hand is the might, and none is able to withstand thee. And verse 7 continues that. It says, Art thou not our God, who did drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gave it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein, for thy name, saying, If when evil come upon us, as with sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house, and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. 
And now behold the children of Ammon and of Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say how they reward us. They come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. Now listen to verse 12. It it picks up the narrative here of faith. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have, now listen, listen to this carefully, because we've got a hyper-faith message today that put, says that you have the power instead of trusting God for the power. And they're admitting something that we, uh, in many circles, are not even allowed to confess today. And yet this faith brought such a great victory. I'm talking about true victory. I'm not talking about uh, trying to achieve something in and of ourselves by ourselves. I'm talking about what God can do when we are totally dependent on Him. Listen to this confession of faith. And believe me, this is a confession of faith. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. There's that humble dependence, total, uh, that willingness to obey comes out of that total dependence, that humble dependence on God. Verse 13 says, And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, nor dismayed, by the reason of this great company and multitude. For the battle is not yours, the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. This is total dependence on God. And total dependence on God begins when we admit that we are totally inept, totally unqualified, totally without strength of our own. But we are at the same time totally dependent on God. And the moment that confession was made, then a prophet stood up and said, The battle's not yours anymore. It's not on you. <laughs> the battle from this very moment is the Lord's. In other words, God is going to take up the battle. Now, there was something for them to do to express their faith called humble obedience. But it began with total dependence upon the Lord. We have no strength. We don't have a battle plan. We don't know how in the world that we're going to get victory under these circumstances. But, hallelujah, our eyes are on you. Praise God. True victory is about trusting God with everything we are and everything that we have so that when the victory comes, we get the deliverance, we get the help that He has purposed and promised by covenant. Hallelujah. And He gets the glory when it is achieved. 
Praise the Lord. Let's continue to read and see how this plays out, beginning with verse 16. Tomorrow, when you go down against them, behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. (laughs) And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites and the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korhites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. Praise God. You know, before the victory came, they were praising God for the victory. Ah, there's a key here that we need to stop and consider for a moment. You know, praising God after He gives you the victory requires absolutely no faith at all. But to praise God for the victory before the victory occurs because you know that God is going to grant that victory. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's an entirely different thing. I've often said and I will continue to say uh, that, that there's two times that we need to praise the Lord when you feel like it and when you don't. And then I always add to that You need to especially praise Him when you don't feel like it. When you don't see any, any, uh, any, any visible sense that God has heard and is answering. When you don't feel that, that He has heard. When you don't get a liver shiver when you pray because your emotions are so, so involved in, in the pressure of the crisis and the circumstance. The challenge from the Word of God is to take the Word of God at face value. If God has promised victory in an area, if He has purposed victory in an area, if through His Word He has told us He would grant that victory, then we need to praise Him for that victory even before that victory is manifest. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, the New Testament said, While we look not at the things which are seen, For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are unseen are eternal. So we walk, therefore, by faith and not by sight. And you've got to remember this about the Lord. The Bible said He calls the things not as though they were. In other words, it hasn't occurred yet, but when God speaks it, it's as good as done when it comes out of His mouth. Has He not said it? And will he not do it? If once he, once he speaks it, once he purposes it and promises it, we can claim it before we even see it. And it's not hypocrisy and it's not being, uh, un, untrue. We're not saying something that isn't true. We're not waiting to see. We are believing to see. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. The Apostle Paul echoes this principle. In the New Testament, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5, listen to what he says. Here's this confession of our total uh, bankruptcy of strength in ourself. 
but our total dependency on God simultaneously. He said, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. One translation said, we are not competent in ourselves, but our competency comes from God. We are competent, not self-competent. <laughs> we are confident, but not self-confident. We are bold, not because we in and of ourselves are strong, but because we are wholly dependent and humbly obedient to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen, friend, you know what the plan that God gave and will, you can study the rest of this in that chapter. Go get the singers whose job it is to praise the Lord. Send them out. Don't send the soldiers out with all of their armaments, but send out the singers that praise God and have them repeat a theme, a revelation of God, a realization of God in His character to provide and protect His covenant people. The Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. That's that humble obedience. You know, you know, when we become totally dependent, like the blind man that came to Jesus who asked for healing, totally dependent on Christ for that healing, He told Him to go and wash he first he made mud out of out of soil and spittle and he put it in his eyes and rubbed it in and then he told him to do something as an act of faith he said go now go now see faith had to get out of his heart total dependence on god to an act of obedience to something he did hallelujah faith is active not passive. It doesn't just reside in the heart. It works out into the life. Faith without works, corresponding actions, is dead being alone. Amen. So we understand this principle, and here it comes. Go wash in the pool of Siloam. Don't just do whatever you want to do, but do what I have told you to do as an act of faith. Remember when the, Jesus was at a wedding? And they ran out of a beverage. They ran out of wine. And he told the, the servants, go and bring me water, jugs of water. <laughs> and they, they, they were contemplating, what in the world does he want with that? What in the world does he need water for? We're not out of water. We're out of wine. <laughs> and Jesus' mother heard them mulling this over instead of simply obeying what he told them to do. And she said, whatever he tells you, do it. Whatever he tells you, do it. You know, he's going to do the heavy lifting. He's just asking us uh, to to lay aside our our logic, our reason for a while and just become humbly obedient by faith. He knows what he's doing. We don't always know what he's doing. But I'll tell you, God knows what he's doing. And there is a reason behind everything that he tells us to do. And he told them, go and get me water. And as they're contemplating, what does he want water for? Jesus' mother, Mary, told him, whatever he tells you, do it. She was learning what we need to learn 
and what I'm still learning after all of these years, whatever he tells you, do it by faith. And they brought him the water. They just did what was in their power to do if they could lay aside their logic and their reasoning and just act on his word. <laughs> Praise God. The, oh, uh, so many scenarios come to mind right now. Remember, remember when Peter had fished all night with the disciples and caught nothing? And they came in tired and wore out, and Jesus is on the bank, and he encourages them, and he tells them, go out and to the deep and cast your net. Cast your net again for a drought. You're going to bring in a lot of fish if you go out and do this that I'm telling you to do. Well, reason kicks in, just like with all of us. Logic, it's illogical. It's unreasonable. Why? Peter said, because we've toiled all night. We, we're good fishermen. We're good at it. We've, we've, we've threw the net everywhere the fish are supposed to be, and we've caught not one fish. So why should we go out again? We're wore out. It's going to be unfruitful. Why should we go out again? But he obeyed. He obeyed. Wholly dependent and humbly obedient. He said, nevertheless, at thy word we'll do it. Oh, man, he acted on the word, went back out into the midst of the lake, cast their net, and there were so many fish in the net, the net began to tear with the weight of it. And the other people fishing saw them <laughs> bringing in such a huge amount of fish, they came over and helped them drag them in. You see, faith is is about being Wholly dependent, totally dependent on God, and wholly and totally obedient to the Lord. The man went and washed his eyes in the pool of Siloam. He came back seeing. They acted on the word and dropped their nets down and pulled them according to Christ's word, and they had it full of fish. And I declare to you today, if we will begin to not just hear and heed the word of God, but begin to humbly obey what the word of God tells us and act on the word, praise God, amen. Oh, friend of mine, we're going to see true victory. God is going to back up His Word, what He tells you, and we obey. He's going to back up with all the power and resources of heaven and all the integrity of His holy character. Praise God. In other words, as Beretta used to say, if you're old as me, you remember that old TV series. You can take that to the bank. You can cash this check because it's signed by God. And all we have to do is sign our name under his name. Well, all we have to do is endorse that by wholly dependent on him and being totally obedient to him. Praise God. Remember Lazarus' tomb when he said, roll the stone away. And here reason and logic is kicking in. And I don't blame them. He'd been in there for three days and he hadn't been embalmed. And they said, by now, Lord, he stinketh. Do you realize what you're asking and what's going to happen if we act on your word and roll this stone away? Do you realize the stench of death is going to be overwhelming. What in the world could be the purpose of rolling that stone away? And Jesus 
hearing and seeing their reasoning and heard them speak clearly. By now he stinketh, it's been three days. He said, did not I say unto you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? And how were they to express their belief? How was faith expressed? Humble obedience. They did what he said. They acted on his word. And they, without understanding, laying aside reason and logic, did an act of faith in a humble obedience to his word. They rolled that stone away. <laughs> and the stench of death didn't come out. But a dead man did. He cried, Jesus cried, then Lazarus come forth. And they saw the glory of God in the resurrection of Lazarus. Hallelujah. Oh, friend of mine today, I want to see this true victory in my life. I want to see the Word of God come alive and be verified as we act on it by faith. I want to see every chain broken. I want to see every promise and purpose of God realized. I want to see the backside of the devil. You know, the devil comes against us in many ways. Ah, uh, but the Bible said if we are, if we are totally committed to believe God and wholly dependent on Him, and we are totally and humbly obedient to Him, and we act on His Word by faith, we're going to get a look at the back side of the devil. For the Scripture said they will come out against you one way, just like they did Jehoshaphat, a unified uh, a group of people to destroy him, an overwhelming army, but they will flee before you seven ways. Seven is God's number for absolute perfect victory. Well, our time is almost gone today. But I want you to know there's victory in Jesus Christ. And there's victory for you today. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, and you will obey His command to repent of your sin and come to Him by faith, God will deliver you. God will save you today. Hallelujah. Well, our time is gone. Would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus? <laughs>